Thank you for being with us today, Westover, whether in the room or online. It's a delight to have you in service today. If you have your Westover app, please open it. Or if you have your Bible, open it to Proverbs chapter number 1. And we're going to answer a question every Christ follower has asked it sometime. Every one of us probably in here have asked this question of ourselves. How do you discover the will of God? At the end of the service, we're going to be honoring our graduates and praying over our graduates. But how apropos for both our graduates and everyone to discuss the subject of discovering God's will in our life. God is not going to send you down a maze. It's not trial and error. God wants to guide us into His perfect will, His purposes. God leaves clues in our pathway which lead us to His will. There are clues in your life. God speaks. He leaves clues that guide us to the will of God. But also I have to say, in our lives will come up this, these other plans. There will be preferences. They, they will look, they will seem like a good idea, but they can take us away from God's will. I'll call it spiritual spam. Can I do that? Spiritual spam that will come up on the screen and they'll want you to click and get into it and get involved in it and follow that pathway or that value. This past week, I, I received an email and I thought it was from the bank. And I opened it up and said, please go on and confirm your bank information. I thought that was odd, confirm the bank information. And I thought it was from the bank. And as I noticed the, the uh, icon, it was not from Wells Fargo. It was from Wills Fargo. And I almost went on and reconfirmed. And I noticed it was willsfargo.com. Don't go there, okay? Don't go there. It was somebody, not that there's a lot of money in the bank they could have got, but let me tell you what, in life, in life, Satan wants to get you off track. Satan wants to propose an alternative to God's will in our life. Someone has said, a, a philosopher said that knowledge has three degrees. There is opinion, science, and illumination. And when you go on the internet, you will find opinion everywhere. On the internet, there's opinion scattered all over. You can find data. You can get information. You can get uh, uh, research on it. But what the internet lacks is illumination. We can get opinion and data. And some of us are making our decisions in life based upon opinion. And based upon the information, say, oh, based upon the information I have, this is the best career path, this pays the most, based upon this and based upon that. And we're getting opinion and data information. But there's something called illumination. And I want to talk to us about illumination, how to discover God's will. I want to give us six words this morning that have the prefix un, U-N. Six words that have the prefix un, U-N. And they speak to the will of God. The first word I want to give you is the unknown. There are times in life we're going to move in the unknown. Following God, a believer, Christ follower, you will be walking in the unknown. Just because it's unknown doesn't mean God can't guide and God's not there. And when you're facing the unknown, what should we do? We should seek God daily. Seek God daily. Jeremiah uh, 29 verse 11 and 12 says the Lord says I know the plans I have for you for us it's unknown 
There are times I don't know. There are times I can't figure it. It's unknown to me, but God knows. I know the plans I have for you. And he'll go on to tell us in verse number 12 that you should seek him daily. So if you're in an unknown moment trying to find God's will, seek him daily. The second word I want to give you is the word uncertain. There are times it's going to be uncertain. You're not absolutely clear. Is it this or that? It's very easy to differentiate between good and bad. Righteous and evil. It's pretty clear which way. This is a bad choice. This is a good choice. You can figure that out. But not everything falls in those categories between good and bad, righteous and evil. Sometimes it's this or that. This or that. And when we're uncertain, the Bible says we should trust completely in the Lord. Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice this next phrase. And do not lean. Do not trust your own understanding. Don't try to Google it. Don't try to ask your brother-in-law. There are moments when you're not certain. Is it this or that? What should we do? Trust completely. Third word is uncomfortable. There are times in the will of God, following God, it's going to be uncomfortable. It will be. It it won't be the circumstances you want. Psalm 23 tells us this, that the Lord said, I'm going to set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That's uncomfortable, isn't it? Have you ever sat down at a table across from Sunday or by somebody you did not want to be next to? Yeah, that, that, uh, that annoying brother-in-law, that co-worker that just, you just clash with, that, that person that just absolutely just gets on every nerve, perhaps you've had a falling out with and somehow you got seated by them. And the Bible says God, God sets a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Sometimes it will be uncomfortable. What do you do when it's uncomfortable? You follow righteousness. There it is. Psalm 23.3, the Lord says, I will guide you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. So when it's uncomfortable, just follow righteousness. You say, I don't like it. I don't like the setting. I work with people that are difficult. It's hard to work in this environment. There are people I don't trust. Then just follow righteousness. Just do the right thing and honor God. The fourth word is the word uneasy. Yes, following God at times is not easy. It's uneasy. One of the things I hear from people often is they'll say, you know what, I know God's in it. Why? Because it was so easy. And sometimes it is easy. But many times it is not easy. Sometimes following God, it won't be easy. It won't be quick. Following God often in my life has required sacrifice. The will of God was not the easy thing to do. It it, it actually demanded more of my heart, my energy. It demanded more of me into it. It was not the easy path. And some of us were there. You're walking through something that's difficult. It's not easy to go to night school. It's not easy to get the next degree, your graduate degree. It's it's not easy to stick to it. It's not easy to be a person of integrity on the job. Sometimes it's not easy, but what do you do? You search for God with all of your heart when you face the uneasy. 
Jeremiah 29 and 13. The Bible says, if you will search for God with all of your heart, you will find him. It won't be easy, but God will show up and God will guide you. The fifth word I want to share with you is the word unbearable. And when it's unbearable, cling to God. When it's unbearable, cling to God. Don't dive out. Some of us, we're in a situation, you're saying, Pastor, I am fed up with it. This is an unbearable job. You may be in a situation in the family and you're thinking about, you're thinking about walking away. You're thinking about throwing in the towel. Have you ever wanted to turn in your parent membership? Have you ever been to the point where just th- there was a day you had and you, it was beyond the limit? You just I just, I want to turn in my membership of parenthood. I, I want to just, I, I, I want like a library card. I want to disenroll in this. You can't do it. And when it's unbearable, cling to God. Psalm 91. Psalm 91 says, there's times you're under the shadow of the Almighty, but you go down in verse number 9 and 10, and sometimes God says you just need to, you need to realize I'm your refuge. I'm your refuge. In God, take refuge. And then here's what the Lord says. In that moment, you take refuge in me. A thousand will fall at one side and ten thousand at the other side, but it will not come. The plague, the, the difficulty, the challenge, the breakdown will not come near you. And when it's unbearable, just cling to God. Just wrap yourself around God. When things are going tough, that's not the time to stay out of church. That's the time to be in church. When times are tough, that's not a time to quit reading the Bible. That's a time to read more of the Bible. Cling to God during those times. And the last word is the word unpopular. Yes, the will of God at times will be unpopular. I, I, I encounter this frequently as a pastor. I'll have a student come and say, Pastor, I believe God's called me to, to become a, a pastor or a youth pastor. I believe God's called me to do this. I believe God starts to just rechange. He, he's redirecting my career path. I was, I've been planning for three or four years. I told my family I was going to do, but I feel like God spoke to me and I'm going to go this path. It could be a ministry position. It could be a career position. It, it, it could be in a completely different area, even in secular employment. And they'll come and say, I believe this is what God wants to do. And they'll go share it with friends and family, thinking people are going to pat them on the back and say, way to go, amen, we're with you. And they're disillusioned when family and friends think it's the wrong thing, will not support them. Don't do that. Friends and family will say, that won't pay enough. That's not, that you, you're, you're too good for that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You, you walk in and tell a, a spouse, you know what? I believe God's telling me that we ought to tithe. You expect the spouse to stand up and say, hallelujah, that God's brought a great revelation. Often when God gives you a word and God speaks to you, you'll feel a pushback from a friend or a family. It will be unpopular. What do you do when it's unpopular? You receive instruction. Proverbs chapter number 2. The Bible says we need insight. In other words, when opinions are coming and arguments are coming and people are opposing what you're dreaming of and what God's put in your heart and people are speaking against it, you need the insight to look beyond their opinion and see what God has purposed and what God will bring. Insight. Receive instruction. And for everyone here... Graduates, 
family members, fellas, I can tell every man in this room, God has a mission statement for your life. Every single mom, God has a mission statement for your life. Every married couple, every adult, everyone in this room, God has a mission statement for your life. And here it is. Be awesome. Be awesome. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 16, Jesus said, people will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. That's what he intends to. If, if, you're, if you're an emotional wreck, everything is wrong, you're, you're about to go bankrupt, things are going wrong, and you live in constant mayhem and crisis, guess what? People say, I don't know what's wrong, I'm going to stay away from them. But when God brings his favor and his blessing in our life, it sends a message, people around you, your coworkers, your coworkers will say, how is it that you have peace and we're in panic? How is it your family works and our family is coming apart at the seams? Jesus said, there it is, be awesome. If you're going to be a school teacher, be an awesome school teacher. If you're going to be in the medical field, be awesome. If you're going to be a business person, be awesome. Be an awesome CEO. Be an awesome entrepreneur in every area. Be awesome so people will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. That's what God intends for us. And with that, I'm going to invite you to join me in Proverbs chapter number 1. Two verses. How to hear, how to discover the will of God. Two verses, Proverbs 1, verse 20 and 21. It says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. Notice this, on top of the wall, she cries out. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. What does that mean? Most of us reading this would probably think the writer is using poetical phrases. Oh, that's nice. It's kind of a poetical phrase to kind of enrich the statement. It just basically say make wise choices. There's much more. In order to appreciate these two verses and what God is saying, you have to understand how the ancients lived. In the ancient world at this particular time, they lived in what is often called by archaeologists today as city-states. A city was always built on the top of a hill. That's why Jesus said a city on a hill cannot be hid. Remember that statement that Jesus made? They always built cities on top of a hill. And they were kind of like a city-state. There was someone in charge of the entire city. And that, that city was like a state, like we have states here. There was a, if you please, I'll, my word, so we'll understand a governor, a leader of that city-state. And what was their, their homeland security for that city-state? What was their police department? What was their protector? They would build a wall around the city. That's their only means of protection to keep from uh, warring tribes and villains coming in and pillaging, uh, stealing, robbing, killing people. The city wall was their protector. Now, the city wall had gates in it. This is where all the commerce, all the traffic came in and out the city gate. Interesting enough, at the city gate, there was a seat that was there. And in the seat was the governor, if you please, of that city state. He would be there. If you were coming, caravans that were coming with uh, 
wares, livestock, goats, uh, looking to buy things. If, if you were coming into the city, you would have to stop at the city gate and you would transact business. The city gate was also the county courthouse. At the city gate were all civic matters decided. If there were taxes, if there were fees, if somebody was sick, if somebody was diseased and they were going to protect the city from an outbreak of infestation of some disease or sickness, that that would be determined at the city gate. The city gate was the guard, was the protector of the city. So at the city gate, at the city gate, on the street level, you would hear the sound of animals, children, people were stacked up trying to transact business. There were wares that were being sold business being transacted somebody saying i'm here i'm wanting to buy where do i go we're looking for lodging we're trying to find this we're needing that we have this to sell we have that all the business on the street level is all of this noise commerce activity taking place but i want you to know something wisdom is on the city wall did you notice that verse 21 wisdom she's on the city wall she's crying aloud She's speaking out. Wisdom is calling. You know, sometimes in the responsibilities of life and you're trying to make a living and you're trying to choose a career and you're trying to do this and you're trying to make that happen Your responsibilities day in and day out and all the things we're doing in our life, we get caught in the routine, the routine, just the responsibilities, the duties of life. Sometimes we can't hear or discern God's will. Because we're just, we're immersed, we're just caught in the thicket of responsibilities. But for everyone in here, wisdom is on the wall and she's crying out. What does that mean? There is an inner voice. We have an inner voice that is always calling us to God's will. In order to hear that inner voice, you have to look up. It's on the city wall. It's not found in the daily duties. Your brother-in-law won't tell you. You won't Google it. You won't read an article. It's not in the latest executive magazine. It's not in a blog somewhere. It's not there. It's not in your coworker. It's not in the responsible. It's not on the calendar. It's, it's, it's not in the routine. You do the routine. Nothing wrong with it. You take care of those responsibilities. But we have to have an ear to hear the voice on the city wall. And that wisdom... I'm calling the inner voice. That wisdom is speaking to us. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul meant in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 6 and following. He says, God speaks to us a message of wisdom. And this wisdom, eye has not seen it, your ear has not heard it, it has not even entered into your thinking right now, what God has prepared. And then he goes on to say, and it is for your glory. God is saying He wants you to have an awesome life. Be awesome. But it's not found in the commerce and the everyday. God's will is wisdom. It's the inner voice of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us and directing our hearts into God's path and God's purposes. You see, information, information informs. Wisdom transforms. Information reaches our mind. Wisdom, the inner voice, speaks to our spirit. A graduate, let me put it this way. Tuition, tuition is the cost of knowledge. Intuition is the pathway to the will of God.
in tuition. You paid your tuition. You can pay tuition and miss the will of God. It takes and requires intuition. It's the inner voice that God is speaking. It's God who is spirit speaking to our spirit. It's that inner voice. It's that tug. It's that awakening. It's that heart. It's that inside of us. It's that thing that speaks to us when data and information and opinions don't make sense. It's that illumination, intuition. I call it the inner voice. And there's three things very quickly I want to share with you. Your inner voice will always do. Three things your inner voice will always do. Number one, the inner voice will always align to the Word of God. The inner voice will always align to the Word of God. You will never have an inner voice speak to you something that disagrees with what God has already said. It will never disagree with God's Word. God, God's not going to speak something to me. An inner voice is not going to come from the Lord that disagrees with God's Word and what God has said. For you see, God's Word, it's perfect and it's living. Sometimes our preferences, sometimes our predispositions can speak to us and they can feel so right. But that inner voice will always agree with Scripture. If that inner voice, if that decision doesn't align with the Bible, you're not hearing from God. It will always agree with God's Word. In my office, I have bookshelves of books. I have over 800 books in my office. I've read probably 700 of those books. The others are reference books that I have read out of. But I can safely say 700 of those books I've read from cover to cover. Three different times in the past, I've cleared out my library and given it to the staff. So there are hundreds of books I've read even before that. On my Kindle app, I looked the other day, I have over 200 books on my Kindle app, and I've read every one. That's over 1,000 books right at my disposal. And you know what I noticed? If I ever go back and reread a book, it says the same thing that's always said. Not surprising, is it? I reread it, and I look at, well, that's what it said last time. It says the same thing it said last time. However, this book, the Bible, is living. In other words, it speaks to us fresh time and time again. Have you ever read a scripture you've read dozens and dozens of times, and all of a sudden you read it and you say, wow, I never, I never saw that. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit put his hand between the ink and the pages and lifted the word and put it in your heart. It became a promise and a direction. It just became a living word to you. No other book, no other book is like that. In fact, the first two words in the New Testament, and I love it in the King James Version, the first two words in the, of the book of Matthew in the New Testament says, the book. I like that. There are many books, but there's only one, the book. This is the book to live by. God's Word will always, always align with that inner voice because God's Word is complete, perfect, and living. Number two I share with you. That inner voice will always affirm the rule of God. It will align to the Word of God, but it will always affirm the rule of God. What do I mean by the rule of God? You remember the Lord's Prayer? Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus said, pray like this. 
Our Father, which in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The will of God, your will be done, is coupled with the statement, your kingdom come. In other words, the will of God will always connect inseparably to the rule of God. The will of God can never be separated from the rule of God, your kingdom come. At no time will the inner voice say to us, you know what? God's in this, but do what you want. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. It doesn't matter. You can never pray this prayer. God, I want your will, but I want to do it my way, and I want to do it in my timing, and I want to do it in my preference, and I just want the things that I like. And no time can you have that. The inner voice will always, always affirm the rule of God in our life inseparably. So if you want God's will... Focus on staying under the rule of God, under God's purposes. From time to time, our grandkids come over. We love having the grandkids come over to our house. Here a while back, we went over to our kids' house, and we were picking up the grandkids. Now, if they're coming over for just a little bit, maybe going to the pool, they pack up their swimming suits. If they're spending the night, they put their night clothes in it and so forth. And this, this is a routine that happens all the time. We get their bag, they're about to walk out of the door, and the parents have to give that last parent lecture to them before they leave their house. You know what I'm talking about? Every, every house has rules. Every, your house has rules. Our house has rules. I remember growing up, my mother used to say this, don't ever put your feet on my coffee table. My mother had a coffee table, and she would set things, but you could not, it was a rule of the house, could not put your feet on her coffee table. Every house has rules. Every house. So we get their bag together they're going to come over and they're going to spend the night swimming suits in case we're going to go swimming and so forth and right before we're going out here's mom and dad speaking now listen to me do you hear me you eat all of your supper you have to eat all of that all of your meat and all of your green beans green beans or you cannot get dessert do you understand that and they shake their head and it's like they really don't believe they understood that so they had to repeat it again they said now do you hear me i'm saying you have to eat all of your meat and you have to eat all of your green beans or there is no dessert. You understand that? They shake their head yes. And they come over to our house and now they're at our house. Did I ever tell you there are different rules for different houses? Did, I, I mentioned that, right? There are different rules for different houses. When we were at their house, they made that speech. You have to eat all this and you have to do this or there is no dessert. That's fine. I will respect that when we're in their house. But now the grandkids are in my house. They're at Papa's house now. They sit down, and here's what I told him. Don't fill up on supper. Leave room for snacks. I, ha I have donuts. I have popcorn. Make sure you don't fill up on supper. We have snacks. Can I get an amen from grandparents in the house? Amen. Yes. There are different rules for different houses. If we're going to follow God's will your will be done. It is coupled to your kingdom come. The rule of God. There are things I don't have to have a verse for. I just know it's not in the jurisdiction of God's rule. So that inner voice, it'll affirm the word of God. And it will always, it will always agree with, it will always agree with the, with the rule of God. Number three, the inner voice will always strengthen our relationship with God. 
it will always strengthen our relationship with God. At no time will the inner voice disconnect you from church. I've heard people say this before. You know what, Pastor? I was just praying, and the Lord kind of laid on my heart not to attend church for a while. He just wants me to be with Him, and I, I just need to kind of commune with Him, and I need to just kind of go into my own zone and my own prayer. You haven't heard from God. That's not God speaking to you. At no time will that inner voice weaken your relationship with God. It will always strengthen your relationship with God. You have to understand that. That inner voice will never call you away from God's people. will never call you away from God's word. It will never call you away from the path of righteousness. Young adults, God will, ne- God will never give you a word that will say, you know what, why don't you cohabitate for a while? Oh, that maybe he's not ready for marriage. And, but if you move in together and live together and you be a godly witness to him, you'll win him over. That is not the inner voice of God. Okay, I got a weak amen on that, but I'm still going to speak it, okay? If he doesn't put a ring on that finger, he doesn't put a ring on that finger, when he comes to see you, let him ring the doorbell, okay? Until he gets a ring on the finger, you don't cohabitate. Why? Because the inner voice will always strengthen your relationship with God. It will never speak in vulgarity. That, that inner voice will never speak in hate. That inner voice will never take you from God. It will always take you to God. You're looking for a, seeking God about a new career path? Maybe a career change? There's typically one question people ask to determine if God's in it. Here it is. Nothing wrong with the question. Nothing wrong with it. It's a good question. But here's the one question people ask. New career, different job. What does it pay? Nothing wrong with that. I want to suggest to you there's a second question to ask after that. After you've asked, what does it pay? Ask this question, what will it cost me? What will it cost me? Will that new job cost me? Well, will I have to, will I have to quit church over it? Will I have to quit my life group over it? Is, is, is it going to put me away from the family six months a year? Is, is, is it going to keep me from going to my, to my daughter's games and band uh, concerts? Ask not just what does it pay. Ask what does it cost? Because the inner voice will always strengthen your relationship with God. And with that in mind, we want to honor our graduates as you seek and follow God's path in the will of God. And we want to pray over you. If you're a high school graduate, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to come down here in the balcony. We have stairwells. I'm going to ask you to join me. Just look for a stairwell and join me. Come down here. If you're a high school graduate this year, would you join me right at the front? Come stand here. We have a gift for you. Please come. Yes. Please come forward. Join me. Come come right here in the center. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, join me. Yes. 
team members, we have some people in here that came down the center aisle that need, need a Bible. Thank you very much. They'll attend to you. Thank you for being here. All of our high school graduates. Wow, 12 years, and now you're here. Wonderful. You have friends that didn't make it, but you stayed with it. You followed through. And for your high school graduation, in the box we have a Bible. I, I know that you probably have either electronic or print Bible, but we're going to put a Bible in your hand. And when you open it up inside, there's a card, a congratulation card from this church family to you. And you can retrieve that and read it later. But we want to put God's Word in your hand. Because I want you to remember when you graduated from high school and you set out in adulthood and the decisions you're going to make from this point forward will have, will have long-reaching impact in your life, your future. Your decisions in the next 24 to 48 months will shape the life you have for the next five decades of your life. Those decisions. And I want you to remember when you graduated from high school, the church put in your hand God's Word. You see the decisions you're about to make that will shape your future for decades to come? Direction, solutions are found in God's Word. Career path? This Bible talks about finding God's purpose and God's will for your life. It talks about in Romans chapter number 12 about giftings, and God has put a gift inside of each one of you. The Holy Spirit resides here. He's gifted you in finding that gift and maximizing it for your ultimate success and fruitfulness in life. It's in this book. When it comes to dating boundaries, it's found in this book. When it comes to mate selection, it's found in this book. When it comes to marriage, in the future, that will probably cross most of your path. How to have a happy marriage, a successful marriage, it's found in this book. How to have a successful family, a healthy family, it's found in this book. This book tells you how to manage your finances. It tells you how to make decisions, business decisions. Some of the best business advice you can find in this book. What they're writing books on and philosophy the whole idea of integrity and ethics, and you go into business, if you get a business class, you'll take business ethics. Can I tell you, you're, you're talking the book of Proverbs right here. It's in the Bible. God's Word will fully equip you to have success in every aspect of your life. And now that you're graduating, we wanted to put God's Word in your hand. And I invite you to live by it. Follow it you don't know what to do go back to this book and God will guide you allow me to pray over you Father for our graduates today this is the culmination of 12 years now they're stepping into a new sphere of life looking for God's direction and God's path some will be going into the military some will be going to trade schools. Some will be going to college or university. Some will even follow through in a master's program. Others, they'll become entrepreneurs. Each one of them, God, you have a purpose for them.
Your word declares in Psalm 139, all of their days were ordained for them, written in your book before one of them came to pass. There is a page in your book, God, that has their future and their purpose written on it. And I pray that you will guard them and protect them. Protect their future and their purpose. Holy Spirit, guide them. Let them hear the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. Let them sense the discernment of God in their life. God, guide their path. Supernaturally, Lord, put doors of opportunity in front of them and take them to places of influence and great impact. I thank you, God, for their willingness to serve you. Many of these students, they're a product of kids' ministry at Westover and student ministry. We've had the privilege of investing years of ministry in them. And now, God, we turn them over to you. They're in your hands and keeping. And you keep all things well. You're going you're gonna to guard them. You're going to watch over them. And I thank you for that. And I speak your blessings and your favor upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. Congratulations. God bless you. You may have a seat. Thank you. Now, I'm going to invite all of our college graduates. If you're graduating from college, university, or graduate school, would you join us by coming forward in the balcony again? If that is you, would you please step forward, come down the stairwells and join us? College, university, or graduate school, if you'll step forward. We have a gift to put in your hand. And we would like to pray over you. Please join me here in the center. Just move to the center. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, join us. Join us. Thank you. Thank you. In your hand, I put a book. I know... This, a book is the last thing you want to look at right now. You are so tired. And I'm going to give you permission to not have to read anything for about six or eight weeks. Take, take a couple months mental break and just kind of regroup and refresh yourself. But in about four or five, six weeks, whenever it's convenient, I'd like you to take this book out. On the inside, there is a card. This is a congratulation card from the church, but inside there is a Starbucks gift card so you can go out and get your favorite Starbucks drink and maybe a quiet corner, maybe out on the patio of a Starbucks somewhere, and you can sit down, and in about an hour and a half, you can read this book through. It's entitled, The Hour That Changes the World. I give this book to our graduates college, university, graduate school, because he talks about an hour. Dick Eastman in this book took, takes the words of Jesus when he said to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, could you not pray with me an hour? And he's not talking about necessarily an hour. He's talking about a prayer life, how to establish a prayer life. And he calls it the hour that changes the world. When I read this book, it transformed my prayer life. Prayer Sometimes felt like a duty, felt like a necessity. 
And sometimes the most earnest prayers I had were the times of, of seeking relief or, str- or stress or God rescuing me. When I read this book, it changed all that. I read it, wore out the book, and the pages fell out, and I got another book. But I give this to you because if you can establish a prayer life and life's road, when you walk down God's path, the path of life, and you need God's encouragement, God's wisdom, God's strength, you need discernment. There's going to be times you're going to do your best, and it won't be just. It won't be fair. Things will happen. Things will crisscross your path, and you're going to need to hear from God and know God. And you need to have that inner voice sharpened. This book can be a guiding light to you. Having a prayer life that you can get to know God in a way that's so personal, that's so private, and so intimate in your heart that you'll know Him. You can you can begin to hear almost the footsteps of God as He walks through your heart and He walks through your dreams. That's what I pray and covet for you. So I put this book in your hands and I want you to have the prayer life that I have discovered. And I pray this is a blessing to you. Allow me to pray over you now. Father, for these graduates, university, college, and graduate school, there have been many months and years of dedication, great sacrifice to get here. Some have gone to night school and worked jobs, and some have had families and pressed on, but they have contended to move forward. They knew you had a higher purpose, and they were willing to equip themselves to become the very best instrument in the hands of God. And now they're stepping forth into a new season and a new moment. And God, I pray that you will use them mightily. You will use them and God give them influence. The kingdom of God needs spirit-filled, committed believers who are superintendents of school districts, who are CEOs, who are entrepreneurs, who are job creators, who are leaders, who are managers. We need spirit-filled people in the marketplace making kingdom impact. And I pray that for them. I pray the favor of God upon them. I pray the protection of God. I pray they'll sense and hear the inner voice of the Lord. And God, your wisdom will be with them. That in the commerce and the activity of life, let them sense the voice from on top of the wall. The voice of the Holy Spirit. God, use them. God, put your sanction and your approval upon them. And I pray your best. God, make them a success in their career path. Give them personal success, family success, financial success, exponentially God, kingdom success in every sphere of their life. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, graduates. Would you stand together with me? Thank you for being with us. The Lord bless you and you're dismissed now.